I had slowly, slowly been poisoning myself and I didn't know. Now, I mean, I'm using a big word, poisoning myself, but the truth is that's what, that's what I was doing. My joints were deteriorating because of something that I was eating. I don't believe in magic, but I do believe that when we find the right combination of foods, our body can repair itself and leave us feeling amazing. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. I'm Violet, I'm a psychologist, and the reason that I make these videos is to help everybody to understand that your mental health and physical health can come together to create that overall sense of well-being. If you find these kind of videos interesting, helpful, please consider subscribing. The right combination of foods. So depending on what part of the world you're from and what kind of foods are available in that part of the world, that's going to determine initially, so years ago, what was available to you to eat before we had fridges and grocery stores and etc. restaurants. Today, when we were growing up, our parents will determine what kind of foods were, are, are made available to us on a regular basis. I grew up in a household where the idea of dessert wasn't an idea. And then I raised my daughter without desserts. However, we did have snacks available in the house for in-between meals if we happened to be hungry. To say that there was always a sweet at the end of the meal, that did not exist for us. Now, the types of foods that we were eating were also very different. So, you know, when I went to visit my friends and they were eating burgers and pizzas and, you know, like in my household, that was an occasional treat. Maybe it was somebody's birthday or maybe it was like, that wasn't a regular meal that you would get during the week or even on a weekend. So I remember that our, the staple of our household was rice and peas um, with some kind of meat as a side. Sometimes there'd be vegetables, sometimes there wouldn't be. And uh, we'd probably have sun Sunday salads. Really, the bulk of the food was rice with some kind of meat. Um, if we had pasta, it was a plate of pasta with some meat sauce on it. Or a plate of pasta, oh, one of my favorite meals, a plate of pasta with some vegetables in there, like on the side. And then there was a dumpling, which is a delicious, fluffy, flour, sugar, um, baking powder, water mixed together until it's sticky and then you boil that and my mom made them. They were so fluffy and delicious. Actually, my mom was the only one that I ever knew that made it that way. Usually when you went to a restaurant, it was harder. Delicious. But basically, flour. It's just flour and sugar. It was carb, you know, like it, it was carbs, basically. But delicious. Um... That was a favorite part of that meal for me. So, and I actually still remember the taste of that today. And it's been how many years since I've had it. I digress. Basically, the majority of our meals were carb and more carb and more carb and more carb with a side of meat. Now, don't be alarmed because if you go to a West Indian restaurant, you're going to see what I'm talking about. The rice is the bulk of the food at least here in Montreal anyways, the rice is the bulk of the food and then the meat is a side and there's some vegetables as a side and maybe a little salad as a side, but really the rice is the bulk of the food. But my bigger point here is excessive carbs, excessive carbs, excessive carbs. We were eating, my family still eats too many carbs. I look back and it makes me understand why I had so much inflammation starting in my 20s. At the time, I didn't know it was inflammation. We'll get to that, but I had it from in my 20s. I actually have a cousin who had knee surgery when she was a teenager. I really do believe that the way that we were eating has affected the way that our family's health is. It was 
the expectation in our family that when you become an adult, at some point you're going to become a diabetic. That is just what was expected. Now, luckily for me, <laughs> my body decided to do something else. It decided to give me a bunch of inflammation. And I do believe that the inflammation that my body gave me saved me. Why? Because I'm stubborn and I like my activities. And so the first sets of inflammation that I was living, I actually thought they were sports injuries because of all the activities that I do do. However, when my hip injury started, I wasn't doing a sport. So that I investigated further because that didn't make sense to me. The idea of a sedentary lifestyle really scared the heck out of me. And I knew I needed to find a solution. So eventually I took carbs out of my life and I started to feel better. It wasn't magic. It was the fact that I had slowly, slowly been poisoning myself. and I didn't know. Now, I mean, I'm using a big word, poisoning myself. But the truth is, that's what, that's what I was doing my joints were deteriorating because of something that I was eating. That's me doing this to me. And eventually it would have continued. The inflammation would have continued. I would eventually have had that hip issue. Now, my cousin had a knee surgery when she was a young teenager. Would I have ended up having to have a, a hip surgery as an adult? Maybe having a hip replaced because I was eating too many carbs? What else would it have done to my body? See, I say I was lucky that I had inflammation because the inflammation made me so uncomfortable that when this hit, I needed to find an answer because again, I'm stubborn. I wanted my sports. Well, what would have happened if rather than have all these things, I would have went straight from feeling great to you have diabetes. I probably would have taken the medication like everybody else in my family did because that's what I expected was going to happen when I became diabetic because that's what I thought happens to our family because I thought it was in our family. It's not in our family. It's because of how our family eats. So it's interesting, right? Things do run in families, but yet behaviors also run in families. So if my family is teaching me to do a behavior that's causing me to eat a substance that's actually destroying my health, guess what happens? I'm going to eat that substance and then I'm going to destroy my health. And it's not my family's fault because they're unaware. They're still unaware. Like till this day, even though I talk to them and talk to them, they still don't quite believe me that that's what made the difference. Will they eventually believe me? I hope so. But until that happens, then what? All those healthy foods that we're encouraged to eat. So now I'm talking about society bigger. Carrots, peas, corn, beets, all these vegetables that we're encouraged to eat that are so high in carb. Rice is not discouraged. Pasta is not discouraged. They make gluten-free pasta just to make sure that you can eat it if you can't eat gluten. It's not discouraged. We focus on eating carbs and avoiding fat. And protein, oh, it's in the mix, but it's, it's not the focus. I looked relatively healthy for so many years. So many years. And then remove the carbohydrates. No physio. No medication. No surgery. All of a sudden, all of the pain that I was living for all those years from 20 ish, for 20 something through to 46, 45, gone. 20 some odd years of pain gone by taking sugar out of my diet. I was blaming all of that on my sports. Oh, my knees are bad from skiing. Oh, my elbows are bad from badminton. Okay, this one I could understand. Why was this one bad? But you know what? We don't necessarily use logic when we're trying to understand what's happening with us, right? I'm right-handed. I understand why this, why was this one bothering me? 
I'm happy that I wanted to continue to play because it helped me to find the solution. Noticing the huge improvements that came from removing carbs also helped me to notice other things about food. So let me say that in my 20s, I personally decided to stop eating red meats because I didn't feel well eating them. Throughout my entire upbringing, doctors were telling my parents that I was anemic. And throughout my entire upbringing, my parents were force feeding me red meat. You need to eat more red meat. You need to, the doctor said, the doctor said. And I lived most of my teen years being force fed red meat. Why am I talking about this? Because I get into my 20s and I just cut all red meat out. I think the only thing, no, it's not true. I left in, I left in spaghetti sauce and occasional hamburgers, but like 99% of my time I was eating chicken and pork. And why am I talking about this? Because what happened was I felt better. I took red meats out. I felt better. I was still registering anemic. So every time I went back to the doctor and they would do the tests and whatever, and about your anemic, you need to eat more reds. And they actually gave me iron pills at one point because I said, I'm not doing it. So they said, okay, we'll just take this pill. I took the pill. My entire leg went numb. I stopped taking the pill. My leg felt better. I went back to the doctor. I told him what happened. No, it's impossible. That doesn't cause that. Take the pill. I took the pill. Both legs were numb. I stopped taking the pills. In my pregnancy, so fast forward to my 30s, in my pregnancy, I learned from the doctors what was happening. I have thalassemia, which is a rare condition. And if you're homozygous for it, you die. But if you're not homozygous for it, you live a life, but you're always anemic. So they were telling me to take iron and the doctor that told me I have thalassemia said, well, that could have killed you. Now, was the doctor right? Or the other doctor right? But at the end of the day, taking the iron was making me feel sick. I'm talking about this because they were wrong. The doctors that were telling me that I needed to eat red meat and I needed to take iron pills were wrong. They were not listening to what my body was saying. My parents, who were telling them she eats the meat, she doesn't feel good afterwards. Well, no, they didn't make that link. She eats the meat. Although, doctor, she has migraines now. She ha So this, these are the complaints that were coming forward. Not be, again, not connected to the meat, but my daughter has migraines. Um, her, her menstrual cycle is like takes her out. She can barely do anything when she's menstruating. Like, you know, like all these complaints that were coming from me. Not once did any of the doctors put it together that the red meat was related to this. But I was screaming about not wanting to eat this red meat. I was screaming about feeling horrible. My body was screaming. If you don't have the correct paradigm to understand what's happening, you just keep pushing an idea forward that's not working. I want to be clear. My parents were doing what they were told to do, trying to help me to be healthy. It's not their fault. The doctors were trying to help me to be healthy because I saw they saw anemic blood work and they were trying. Am I blaming them? Not really. But what I'm saying is at the end of the day, when we're doing all the things that we're doing, it's also important to listen to how you feel. So in order to actually listen to how you feel, it's also important to allow yourself to listen. Allow yourself to listen. I'm concerned because I feel like we're so focused on being thin that we're not focusing on feeling healthy. And if my focus is not on feeling healthy, I wouldn't have noticed these other things. I wouldn't have noticed that when I eat a certain way, hmm, I don't feel as great as when I eat, because I would still be allowing the carbs in. And as long as my body is still fighting those carbs, 
it's not able to notice the others or I shouldn't say notice it's not able to re to to alert me to the other stuff that's also happening if I was still vacillating back and forth between eating carbs sometimes not eating carbs eating carbs sometimes not eating carbs eating carbs, I wouldn't know have noticed that I have problems with nightshades specifically I wouldn't have noticed that when I eat nightshades I have really bad reactions I wouldn't have started to investigate that maybe there's certain vegetables because I have noticed that other vegetables, so not just nightshades, but other vegetables seem to affect me in a, in a negative way. And it doesn't matter what the vegetable is. The point is that because I'm actually paying attention and trying to feel healthier, I've noticed some of these things. I'm able to live at a healthy weight and without inflammation because I'm paying attention to how certain foods affect me. What I've noticed is that there are general principles for how humans are supposed to eat and then there's individual variation for how Violet is supposed to eat. And I started to feel the repercussions of how Violet was supposed to eat from around the age of 13. I don't know when you're going to notice what your difference is, but we can only notice what that difference is if we allow ourselves to notice it. We can only get help for it when we talk about it and be very, very um, vocal with your doctors about what you are and aren't eating so that they're not making assumptions What's horrible is when the doctor assumes that you're lying about what you're eating rather than taking it for you for your word that you're really not eating extra carbs or you're really not eating, you know, you're not really not drinking two liters of Coke, but then coming in here and saying that you're not. When the doctor actually takes the time to listen to what you're saying and believe you and then work with where you are, maybe we're going to figure out that there's other foods that are not working well with you. Or maybe we're gonna figure out that you need to weigh your foods to really make sure that you're at that 20, or maybe 20 isn't your number. Maybe your number is 10. We're not gonna know that if we don't really be clear with ourselves and with our doctors about what we're doing. Humans have evolved such magnificent intelligence because of eating fat. Our brains have grown immensely over the last, I don't even know how many years. We continue to get smarter and smarter and smarter. We figured out so many things. We need to understand though that our metabolism isn't the same as every other animal. And not because a chimpanzee can eat bark, should we eat bark? And if you go online and you check, it says, yes, humans can eat bark. It's actually written there that we can, but you know what? We do not digest cellulose. So how can we eat bark? Again, just because it's gonna pass through us, doesn't mean that we should be eating it. When you embark on the ketogenic lifestyle, I'm telling you, you're gonna get all kinds of variation of what's healthy and what's not healthy. Going back to the idea that there's what's healthy for the humans, and then there's what's healthy for Violet. It's not because Mary can eat potatoes and Mary can drink alcohol, and she can be okay that Violet can do the same thing. But what's even more important is that it's not because Mary looks like she can drink alcohol and eat potatoes and have no effect, that that means that there's actually not an effect happening. It's important for us to keep in mind that the way that sugar to carbohydrates deteriorate our body is over time. They are hurting us over time. The same way that smoking cigarettes hurts you over time. It's a rare person that will smoke a cigarette and then have a problem next week, right? It usually happens 20 years from now. Same thing with sugar. I can eat a small amount of sugar 
and be fine. And that's important for our human race. That's why we've survived. In actuality, it's really adaptive as a species to be able to eat poor quality food to keep your body going forward until you can find better quality food. The mistake that we're making is that we're eating the poor quality food as a staple. Our staple is supposed to be fats and protein. That's supposed to be our staple. And the carbs keeps us alive while we're looking for fats and protein. And if we were living a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago, that's what we'd have been focusing on. Trying to keep ourselves alive with the carbs while we hunt and take down an antelope or take down a bison or whatever so that we could eat real food. Build your body on a good foundation by eating high quality foods as often as possible. Because that ensures that in times of need, when you have to eat low quality foods, your body's strong enough to withstand those low quality foods until you can get back to eating your high quality foods. I always push people, eat the best quality food that you can afford. Why? Because this is your body you're building for the rest of your life. It's important for it to be built well. You want it to be energized. You want it to be strong so you can do what you need to do and be happy and live the life you want to. Please, please, please do not build a house of straw and expect it to withstand a hurricane because it won't. Build your house with good quality food and you have a house of bricks. I want to thank my wellness warriors for coming by and watching this video with me. And for those of you who are new here, consider subscribing because I make new videos every week. For anyone who thought that this video was of quality and would like to contribute to the production of future videos, you can go to my Patreon account, which is Patreon slash Violet Rivera. I want to thank everyone for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. I can't wait to talk to you guys in the next video.